You're listening to Through the Greenhouse Haze on Open Lines Radio. Follow Holly on Instagram at Stony Immaculate, at least this week. Hurry and follow her before she changes it. Follow Mark at tincan.telephone. Follow Through the Greenhouse Haze at In the Greenhouse Haze. Follow Open Lines Radio at Open Lines Radio. And be sure to check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. Now stay tuned for Through the Greenhouse Haze. Enjoy! So I think it'll be okay with these fans on. It's There might be a... I don't know. I, hope, I think the microphone does a pretty good job, but I don't think people will care. It's hot as fuck in here, so we're going to need them on, I think. Well, it's always hot in here. And I think uh, we'll just leave the dogs out. Let them, whatever. I don't feel like it's putting like them away. It's a sweat lodge. I f- it's the Temescal in here. It is the Temescal. And I feel like uh, I so rarely get a chance to sit next to you out here that um, <laughs> since you're here, we're just going to go. I'm not even going to take the time to it's been a bit. do any of the things that would, you know, turn the background noise out. It's whatever. Whatever. You'll go through and edit it, maybe. Uh, we usually not, clean it gonna, up somehow. No, like a not sound, this one. sound custodian. Listen, listen. Not this one. I'm not going to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the time is, is too precious right now. All right. Well, what, what's been going on with you? It's been a bit. What's been going on with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just been trying to keep things afloat. Just been working a lot and trying to keep open lines radio looking like I don't work a lot you're doing a good job I've been working a shit ton but we're like changing of the guards yeah it's been kind of hard to leave as you come home it sucks it way sucks but I've been learning things oh good me too what have you learned I'm I'm learning that I don't know I'm just I'm just I'm just uh, coming to terms with not uh, coming to terms is the wrong thing I'm just understanding that consistency is as boring and monotonous as it is is huge and I you have to put that with the fact you have to still no ritual listen this is what I'm saying you still have to put that with the fact that entropy always wins so you've got to have the consistency with the entropy and I'm it's kind of I'm kind of been actually like having fun in life with learning that. When have you been having fun? It doesn't look like it because when you see me, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't even see you at all. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, what's cool. what about you? What's uh, what's the new? What's the weird you're into? <laughs> Why you gotta say it like that? I Am know. I weird? No. I'll tell I'm wondering what I'm not saying you're weird. I'm wondering what the weird is what, that you're in. What's what the weird, weird of the week? What's the weird <laughs> of the week? Well, first of all, let me hit you with what I've learned. Hit me, tube sock. <laughs> uh, Ninety-nine point nine percent of toilets on Earth flush in E flat. Are we going back to this? <laughs> <laughs> You don't like that I do, one? I do, I do. I thought that one was a real gem. I do. I, just, I can't believe you don't like that. I love it. I love it so much. It's just, uh, I I uh, wasn't wasn't prepared to go back to uh, 
My fun facts? fun facts, but I actually like it. I'm glad All you right. are doing it. No, good, I'm glad good. you have that. I'm glad you. Do have you know it. what Captain Crunch's real name is? I have His no idea. Full name? I have no idea. It's Horatio Magellan Crunch. What? Okay, I get it. You saw my Sonic <laughs> thing earlier. It. Your Sonic thing? Yeah, it was a couple days ago in my story. What was it? That his real name. Oh my gosh, I've already. I didn't see it. it. Sonic oh, the Hedgehog. Oh, it was like yeah, his real no, name is um, like Ogilvy. Oh yeah, I did see yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. But yeah. Hey, can I? Horatio what, can I tell you a story? Crunch. Yeah. A long time ago, back in uh, high school, so a long time ago, I had this friend who had this kind of. Uh, I don't. Like it seems mean now to call her crazy, but back then she was the she was crazy. Like this woman, uh, when my friend was growing up, would like like grew up under these weird circumstances where the mom has got all the blinds always have to be down because she's afraid the Nazis are watching them. <gasps> this so ties in with what oh, I want weird. to tell you next. Oh my gosh! But okay. so but so we used to go hang out at uh, their house and 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 I used and, and so. My, my friend's mom, I used to always just fuck with her. And I'd be like, she'd, I'd, every time we'd be like sitting there watching TV, and she'd be sitting there, and like someone would come on and she'd say she likes him, and they'd go, oh, Yeah, that's my uncle. And she's like, No way. And she would believe me. And I'd, I'd be like, Yeah, that's my cousin. Like, I'm like, I'm like this, I'm like 18 years old. I'm like, Yeah, that's my cousin. And then, uh, <laughs> you were a sociopath, and then, very and young. Then, and, then, and then one day, like the commercial for uh, the Ogilvy Home Perm came on. And I come up with this. I said, I said, you know, I had this Ogilvy home perm. I got this Ogilvy home perm once, but I left it in for so long that all my hair fell out. It burned it, fried it all off. And she goes, that happened to you too? <laughs> Listen. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I, I used to get home perms all the time. My mom would make me. And my grandma would do it because I had such a tender head and I wouldn't lash out at my grandma the same way I would lash out at my mom when she was putting these rollers. I have a very tender head. It was torture. I didn't want curly hair because I didn't want to use the pick to try and pick through these curls. But these two women were obsessed with altering my hair chemically for most of my childhood. And I can remember so many times holding this towel over my face, just breathing straight ammonia for over 45 minutes, just straight ammonia just into my small prepubescent lungs for the sake of this curly Ogilvy home perm. So it's interesting that you took me there. I'm like in a whole new trauma now. I'm sorry. It's I'm all right. sorry. I was it's just trying right. to describe. I was a sociopath, and I was a smart sociopath. <laughs> so were they? Looking back, for making me do these perms. Yeah, exactly. They all were. the time. They like, all they, the time. They didn't know. I was all I this terrible want, shit. I they were just give like a shit about curly hair, and it's the same thing. She's always trying to put me in dresses, and so I grew. Have I? Yes, you know. You know, I grew this alter ego as a child. Um, my mom was always just helping on putting me in dresses, these home perms, doing my hair. Like, very, Even when I had a dance recital, I had these Indian stripes of blush that would go up to my ear. I grew this alter ego, um, which was loosely based on my podiatrist. <laughs> and I insisted that everyone call me Dr. Kenny. Whenever my purse was slung across my chest on my left shoulder and my hat was on backwards... 
You can only address me as Dr. Kenny or I would not answer. Interesting. They were always altering me. And you wanted to be Dr. Kenny. I was just Dr. Kenny. I didn't want to be. In my head, I was. I was both an adventurer. I was a lot like, um... Who is it in Seinfeld? Mr. Peterman? Yeah. He goes on adventures. Yes. Very much a Peterman. The urban sombrero. <laughs> I was making my own fashion. I was carving my own way. Anyway, also listen. Vending machines. Vending machines. Vending machines kill four times more people in a year than sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's an interesting fact. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you let your kids go to the vending machine alone. You know who kills more people than sharks? Who? Everything. Everything kills more people than sharks, except cannabis. Probably. Everything else kills more people than sharks. Probably sour tofu that you left in the fridge too long (laughs) kills more people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing, like fuck sharks, <laughs> you know, still fuck, fuck sharks. sharks. No, I don't, don't want to be in the water with them. Hey, be out there, but I don't want to be out I there with them. I actually saw baby sharks the other day at the harbor. It was crazy. Really? Yeah, there were three of them, and they were playing. And I was fil- I, It was on my story, but you might have been working. I don't know if you watched that story. I was I filming the baby was. sharks, and I was like captivated that they were like they were in the harbor where all the big sailboats are and I was just filming for my story and then all of a sudden this beautiful stingray just photobombs them just goes right over the top of them it was amazing huh. yeah you still have that on your phone I do I'll have to sh- see it later yeah you really should it was crazy anyway your Nazi thing and the Nazi connection so Epstein's in the news many conspiracy theories it's all fucked up it's whack I am up at late at night. Late at night, I was doing a little research, and I read this article. That now I'm gonna—I've never actually heard her name pronounced because I kind of read my news rather than watch or listen to the news. So I don't—is it? I don't know if you say it, Gisling Maxwell or Gisling. <laughs> Probably not Gisling. I don't know. She's French. I don't oh, know. also, here's another one. Did you know that France was still executing people by guillotine when the first Star Wars movie came out? 1978? Yes. I'm going to tie this back to France, though, in a way. Okay, she's from France. The Gislaine. I saw Star Wars on my fifth birthday. Youngin'. Yeah, my dad took me. Youngin' that you are. Um, Anyway. Okay. So, this woman is Epstein's weird madam that gets procures him teenage masseuses. Masai? <laughs> no, Masai is like a tribe in <laughs> Africa. It's not that. Um, so she's, I'm thinking like, this, this is a bad bitch. This, there's nothing good about this woman, right? Anyway, so it's almost like, my phone knows me. It gives me this article. I think I think it's New York Times. Don't quote me where I read it. Anyway, it was like a very kind of empathetic, sympathetic piece towards this woman. 
from the family that she's from. They dug like really deep into her past and into her ancestry, and it is, whoa. Yeah. It's like super whoa. Well, I don't, let me let spill me the okay beans. okay okay let me get it in order because there's a lot there's there's crazy connections okay so her dad was like a big media guy uh, he ran one of the biggest papers in the UK I can't ever remember the name of that shit but his like arch rival was uh, one of the American papers Roger Ailes. The other one. I don't know the other he one. He had he had battle with Roger Ailes, but this one was uh oh crap. I just can't it remember the names of your standard medium white mogul. media moguls. I just Big they're all like the same cartoon uh archetype thing in my head. So I just I don't know. But a Roger Ailes type. Uh, he's famous, I should know his name or whatever. Anyway. So he's this media mogul, he has four daughters and two sons. But the first three children that he had, like, died in infancy. And he kind of went crazy. And so he started running all of these kind of, like, Bernie Madoff weird schemes. And one day, it was like, I think, no, it was like 2007 or something. He washes up naked, dead, on the shore. And his yacht is out, left unattended. And the name of the boat he was on was the Lady Ghislaine, named after his favorite daughter. So I Google it. I want to know, what does, this, what does that name even mean? It means oath or a pledge. Hmm. Interesting, right? So mm-hmm. he washes Loyal. up. Right. He washes up dead. His family is shocked or whatever. They're more shocked when they find out that the very well-off, his family, most of his family were killed by the Nazis. And so he had escaped and changed his name to Robert Maxwell from his, like, original, um, I think it was Jewish-Dutch name. It was, like, ha- uh, Jans something, you know. Jans. Jans. Okay, so his siblings and his uncles and aunts, they were all killed by the Nazis. And it, what was a huge Jewish family was reduced to, like, the four surviving members who had been in the shit. So his wife, the lady he married, like, dedicated herself to, like, becoming, a, like, a Holocaust advocate and teacher. She wasn't Jewish, but she, because she had married him, like, you know, she was a socialite and everything, so she went around telling all these people, you know, and, and enlightening them on the horrors of the Holocaust. So, anyway, okay, so he washes up dead. His family, who was living this grand life, because they were very well off and in these tight circles, um... Shocked by his death, nobody. Re- they said it was accidental drowning. He was walking on the um, dock of the boat and slipped or whatever in the early morning hours or something to find out he's like millions of dollars in debt and like the mob was like coming for him anyway. So his wife tries to clean up the mess or whatever. So Ghislaine is the third oldest daughter. There's one younger, and then there's two sons that I don't I don't know how old they are. Anyway, the two older sisters go on after that to completely redeem the family's finances and make back bil- millions of dollars, maybe billions, I don't know. Maybe by now. Yeah, because they founded the first Magellan 
search engine. Oh, is that how you came across Cap and Crunch? No, that's totally unrelated. I didn't even think of that. Whoa. Whoa. Anyway. <laughs> now you're throwing me off. Okay, okay. I got to remember the story. Okay, so they found, and then they ended up selling it to... Magellan, the old search engine. Magellan, the old search engine. They sold out. They made all this money Couldn't back. Couldn't compete with Google. Right. So the second oldest sister marries this guy. I wish I could remember his name. Shit. I can't remember his name. Anyway, she marries this guy, this charismatic guy who... A charismatic gentleman? Yeah, right? He's uh Stop doing that. You're distracting oh, me. Sorry. Um... What are you doing? <laughs> Just messing with my hair. You totally, like, took me out of my story. <laughs> <laughs> I was just messing with my hair. Okay, this guy... It's hot in here. Okay, this guy... It's so hot. ...moves from France and infiltrates young Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. That's what I said. Isn't that what I said? It's Silicon Valley. No, I said Silicon. Okay, continue. You know what, Hammerstein? A lot of fake boobs in Silicon Valley. Probably Silicon Valley as well. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> he infiltrates the society pretending that he is an expert on optical illusions. And he seduces these nerds into being his BFFs from what, Caltech. What do you mean by that? He's, so he, he hones in on this An expert specific... of optical illusions. What is that? Okay, first he, first he gets into the circles in Hollywood and everything. And then out in you know Caltech land, out in Silicon, Silicon <laughs> Valley, by uh, claiming he's a rare books dealer. And so using this I'm a rare books dealer line, he kind of gets caught up with young Caltech professors. And he hones in on this one. Richard Feynman, he ended up being like, I think he's like a Nobel Prize in physics or something. Like huge brain, huge brain. He invites these nerds to his parties. He's throwing these parties. And then he just observes them like a weirdo. And then he makes promises. Oh, this research is so great. I'm going to take your first draft and sell it because I'm this rare book salesman. And then he goes on to do one of like the, like the fourth or fifth TED Talk that ever was recorded was him talking about optical illusions. <laughs> He's a total faker. So this is her brother-in-law. Her brother-in-law is friends with all these guys at Caltech. Married to her sister? Or? Yeah. Okay. Takes them to Jeffrey Epstein's weird, isolated island for this weekend of who knows what went on. Weird, bacchanalian With the shit. nerds? With, he takes the nerds to Epstein's island, right? Anyway, he ends up getting... He's, he's a fraud. They move back to France... Everyone's after him. He ends up dead in 2015, just a few years ago. They say he jumped, but he's found dead at the cliff, the bottom of the cliff of this French chateau that was owned by the Maxwell family. Hmm. Very interesting, yes. Yeah, yeah. It gets weirder. 
he... Oh, no, now I forgot the connection. Her other brother-in-law... No, I forget. Her grandpa. Her grandpa. The elder Maxwell. Maybe. It's all in the family, and I keep crisscrossing all of these things. Anyway, the one of them was the best friend of Jack Parsons. Ah. And knew them all. And is kind of this, is Frank Molina, that's his name, Frank Molina with an A. And he, after Jack left Caltech and the JPL and ended up dying and blowing himself up in the garage trying to do the Babylon working with Elron and all that shit, he should have been the face of JPL. Everyone said, like, it was his baby. Like, he was there, he was working with Jack Parsons for everything. But instead, they kind of obscured him for being friends with Jack Parsons and kind of built up the other dude to be, like, their main guy over at JPL. So he kind of retired in obscurity and was super pissy. Anyway, so he's all tied into this. So then, I'm reading this and I'm like, well, I'm thinking like, how, okay, so this woman, the madam for Jeffrey Epstein, the one who lured these girls into massaging him and all, to all these weird parties, and she, you can see like, it's coming out now, they're following her around, she's photobombing in all these pictures with Elon Musk, Mm. with like, the Rockefeller, she's everywhere, she's skilled, she knows four languages, she can drive a submarine, pilot a helicopter and is licensed to operate underwater robotics. So she can make a smooth getaway if need be. Well, they say that her dad, the media mogul, was actually an embedded Israeli spy. Embedded in the media? Mm-hmm. It's hmm. a good place to be embedded. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So then I start to think, I don't want to feel sympathy for this woman. She's done terrible, terrible things. But then I start to think what her life must have been like with so many manipulative, weird, like these characters. Yeah, that's just her life. Right. Like she's, all she's ever been surrounded by are like eccentric, weird liars and black magicians and con men and all these things. And then I was like. It reminds me of something, and then I got to thinking, well, it kind of reminds me of the moon child. The moon child? Yeah. You know, from... This isn't... Some people say Crowley, and some people say Crowley. John Lennon said Crowley. Sean Lennon says Crowley. Interesting. I, to me... What do you say? Tomato, tomato? To me, he's Crowley. In my head, he's Crowley. Okay, that's a book by Crowley, The Moon Child. The premise of The Moon Child is that there are two magic lodges in a war against each other. And the lodge that's working on the great work gets this idea that if they could get a woman to agree to kind of isolate herself from all other energies except for the moon, like just really while she's pregnant, you know, that she would raise this neutral soul that would be able to be, like, trauma-free, a magical being, could probably grant wishes because it would have no solar influence. It would have no 
masculine negative influence. She wouldn't be subject to violence or pain. Um, so they try to do this experiment and they take her to a chateau. She's, you know, she's not allowed to talk to any men or man except the one who impregnated her and he's been given very specific instructions on how to talk to her and all this. Her whole world, it's a very Truman Show type of book. Does she buy into it or she doesn't know? She volunteers at first because she's in love with the character that's going to impregnate her, the magician. Like, she's really into him. But by, when she learns she can't talk to him anymore and she has to be isolated... She kind of goes a little crazy, like the moon would, without the sun, because it's just a dark void, unless it has anything to reflect. Anyway, it's a deep book. But the point is they surround this woman, you know, with only what they want to program her with. And I just thought, like, that's probably what this Maxwell girl kind of grew up in. Just like a weird, like, there's nothing real about her world. Right. Right, and she just... Grew up. That's just how she. She grew herself up. is kind of a mental slave to the construct of the people who set things in motion before her. I ain't saying she's not a bad character. I'm just saying there's some old black magic shit going on here. Some real dark lodge shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that kind of falls into the like what I've been kind of thinking a little like. It's going to come out. Like it'll he's dead, but it doesn't matter. Like it's all going to unravel, but I I've been I've been my kind of uh the the thing I've been toiling over existentially the past few days has been this I don't and I can't even remember where it came from, where this I something triggered this that I was listening to. Um just thinking of people not necessarily like things happen to people that they can't choose and and people are shaped when you're we're children we're born into by to parents we don't choose we're we're raised in socioeconomic that's what the moon understanding about. Yes. yeah yeah so yeah, that's what that's i'm saying ex- or, or, or yeah, uh, socioeconomic exactly. uh, places exactly. and like you look at like these people who are serial killers and you start to think like they, i don't know that they have a choice and like to 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 look at them like, like maybe they, sh- they like. I'm not saying that it's like it needs. To, it, it should like the things they do should even be forgiven, but, but they you are can. Th- they also. are victims also, and they were shaped to be that person, and they had no. There were those. They yeah. As a human being, you have choices to make. These people who set a bomb on the sidewalk and walk away during right. a marathon have that choice whether or not yes or no to make it. But they were conditioned that when it came to the point, they would choose to set the bomb down. And right. let it explode. Like there's, there's nothing they can do about it. The world all of can the choices be a very they, cruel place. all of yes. the choices that they thought they were making on their own had all really been dictated just basically on their upbringing. Yeah. And so I've been really struggling with that morally. Like, yeah. like how to morally look at other people lately. But as, it's it's a super Aquarian thing. It's an Aquarian thing to really ever even forego your own egoness long enough to entertain the empathy of the worst the worst of the worst and still be okay and still not have a mental schism of your own (laughs) you know and this Jeffrey Epstein thing has been getting me thinking a lot about it too 
because it's like I'm not and not even him I mean you can apply, apply that to him well and, but, yes, but at but the same time but, but what I've been but what I've been struggling there. with mostly are the people that were participating right and and like you say like even this woman like there they were like along with it and the people who were like on these flights and going to this island and, and mm-hmm. indulging they that was just their life that's just their life and even like the celebrities we were kind of talking about the last night like the celebrities in in Hollywood when like the Me Too thing when Weinstein kind of went down and all that started unraveling, like that was just like the way so it was. It was just the way it was, and that, because like, it was all around them, it was all and the choices they made were, of course, those choices. They were. It was like, but it's all falling down now, yeah. isn't it? The yeah. tower is really yeah. coming down now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it was. So strong, but is everyone so just a fortified pawn? and so? Well, I don't know. Read the everybody's moon child everyone's and assigned for into a role, and whether that I mean the tower is coming down, yeah, but was the tower coming down as a result of people's actual pulling it down, or is it that's just what's dictating what's being dictated by the well, program I say right it's now? Kinda, well, we're entering this. It is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, or it was, and now it's kind of cusp here and it's it's in the grand scheme of things it's the emotional outpouring of human psyche for like we're all watering each other's plants like trying to just enter the space where another person lives like it's, it's kind of the only place we can grow anymore is is to try and understand and identify with the plight of people that come from different backgrounds that didn't grow up the same way we grew up we all have trauma everybody has their version of cultural trauma birth trauma family trauma but like if we could and this is why i want okay so i went to catalyst you know um to the conference this is i didn't even think about talking about this but like a couple of years ago maybe like it was a healthy number of years ago, maybe six or seven years ago, I had a Twitter conversation with Duncan Trussell. It was right before Oculus Rift came out. And we were going back and forth. and Because uh, he was like stoked about some game that they were going to put on Oculus. And I was like, but imagine if you could use this technology to like teach empathy <laughs> to people on the right. you know to from the yourself, other side of the world to put right so we had had VR this back right like into other why are we plights? using vr for the two things that of course we'll use it for sex and war games and blowing shit up right exactly <laughs> i'm like what if we could harness this for empathy and he was like whoa you know dunk into whoa or whatever this was years ago anyway so i go to catalyst and the speaker noni de la pina she is basically the grandmother of empathetic virtual reality. She's done, it was amazing. It was amazing. She's done all this work. Um, She did this film that was, it was kind of a virtual reality experience of what it would actually be like if you were in Guantanamo. Not very popular, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Not super popular. But to me, I was like, oh my God, you know, like, and I was, someone was asked, well, why are you a fan of hers? Like, um, you know, this guy was asking me all these questions. Like, well, are you familiar with her work? Like, what is it about her that interests you? Are you in IT? Like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a botanist. I, 
I mean, plant sales, but, you know, I just, I'm interested in, in virtual reality as a, as a mechanism for, um, and maybe, maybe I'm just an agent of the singularity, because once we all understand and forgive each other, then what's even the point? Right. Maybe I'm a rogue agent of the singularity, I don't know, I don't know, but... One more thing on the moon child yeah. before I close this yeah. chapter in my head. Because this is what I Sorry love about it. If you've never read just, it. It was triggering. That, no, this was perfect. If you've never read it and you do read it, like, it's got these hilarious jabs. Well, I love, I love, like, Victorian writers and especially Victorian occult writers, the theosophists and all that, how they love to just, like, take savage jabs at each other in this, like, Victorian eloquence. You know, like uh, like J.K. Um, G.K. Chesterton, <laughs> like he just—he's savage. It—he's like a zingbot for zing for philosophers and all that. Anyway, Moonchild, Aliester Crowley. I'm gonna call him Crowley because that's who he is in my head. Maybe you say it differently. I don't care. Um, he has attributed. He he's written this character into it, who's a bumbling idiot black magician who always gets in his own way he always casts these spells and they blow up in his face and he's talking about arthur edward Waite of rider Waite tarot but in the book he's he calls him edwin arthwaite <laughs> and he, there's so many chapters that are just him just just taking jabs just making a ridiculous buffoon um his most egregious thing he ever did was like actually give tarot to the unsuspecting public like it would help them like <laughs> like you could ever give a context to like what the alchemists of old have been working on for just the common street tramp trying to make a buck like <laughs> it's great writing by Crowley it was before he totally lost his mind on opium and whiskey but well, I might check Just it out. Just before. It's, it's really good. It's, you know, it's dark. I mean, like, if you can't handle your occult shit, like, it's probably not the book for you. But if you're, if probably. you can, if you can handle it, it goes there. And it's really funny. It's got its funny parts. And it's super deep parts, but. Well, I might have to look for it on Audible. Yeah. Because these old eyes just don't read like they used to could. I wonder if it is on Audible. Oh, my gosh. Because I should probably revisit the whole thing now that we've had this talk. I bet I will even see more prevalence. But anyway, I just thought, you know, we all are kind of victim. We're all kind of lab rats in our, in our youth and these open minds that just sponge up everything around them. I'm not saying to forgive her i'm just saying she's clearly a victim too right right but, but that's the problem that, that's the thing she, which that's, is probably the only way she could that's the thing like, that the, mind the, space. that's the yeah. problem with somebody you can't like even like, like we, let's talk put it into context of a mass murderer when that person gets caught they're going to pay the crime and that's you're the victim the victim their victimization is that they fell into that was what happened to them at the end you know right. what i mean and because, by nothing nothing of their own cho- choosing I'll tell you what I do know. Some weird shit went down in Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I've got to say about that. 
<laughs> That's your weekly weird. That's Pasadena. my weekly weird. Well, we're going to be in Pasadena in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so. I know. I wonder Can't if wait. we'll have any weird. I have a few little side excursion plans. Places I need to feel the the resonant energy. All right. Well, let's do it. You know I'm going there. <laughs> and then, it's happening. And then the next day, we're going to go have dinner with friends. I'm stoked. It's going to be fun. Yeah. The third dinner with friends. Stoked. And hungry. Yeah. Food sounds good. Yeah, let's go eat some. All right. That was cool, though. Thanks. <laughs>